Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Alistair Clarkson is coming home. So welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at hashtag Kangas or on Instagram at hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. So I thought that that song was quite appropriate uh, for what's transpired in the last 48 hours. And I did an episode today, early on a Sunday morning. I got uh, Mark Hollow on uh, to talk about uh, the whole Clarkson thing during the week. Uh, we did touch on yesterday's game as well. Um, we did a bit of a review of that. So I won't hold you up anymore. I'll bring on Mark right now. All right, so I'm once again joined by Mark Hello. Now, Mark, we're early on a Sunday morning. It feels like a bit of a hangover, like uh, we've had a big night last night um, and we've done a few silly things, but um, we've ended up with a hot bird next to us uh, in the morning. But, you know, it's, it's not too bad in the end. So, um yeah, how, do, how have you seen the whole week in the end? Was it a long week for you as well? Oh, unbelievable. I mean, in, in terms of footy, the, the last time I can remember feeling that drained from a week, a, a footy week, was um, for the complete opposite reason. It, it was when, uh, around the time, uh, you know, the Wayne Carey thing happened and we um, we ended up losing him from the club. That's the last time I felt that drained from a footy story. But um, this, this one was the complete opposite. It was for all the right reasons. But... Yeah, I, I think I, I went into I, I woke up Monday morning um, just waiting to hear when we were, we were going to announce Clark. I was absolutely convinced at that stage he was definitely coming, uh, and then and then the Essendon stuff happened. It was interesting on the Sunday night because David King went on a pretty big monologue about how Essendon had really stuffed up, not going after Clarkson earlier, and they'd probably left it too late. And then by Monday morning, it was well. You know the three AW stuff had, had had started about Rutten's going to go, and I, I still wasn't too stressed until Monday night. The the one thing that that up, that really upset me Monday night was uh, a Mark Robinson article in the Herald Sun in the evening, saying uh, Alistair had Alistair Clarkson has told us that he's he's interested in coaching them now because he doesn't Robinson I I don't believe Robinson generally goes with something unless he's very confident about it but mm. in in hindsight i think that was all that was just something that had been had a lot of mayo put on it from clarkson was willing to talk to them to he's interested in coming but that change in wording meant a lot to me at the time and I, that made me stress I, I was worried at that stage even with the the the, the, the guide but the north supporter who actually had unbelievable information who's close to this was contacting me and saying don't stress out it's still fine um, I was pretty stressed that by Monday, by Tuesday, I'd started to relax again and look at it a bit more logically, which was, well, hold on. Um, we're a long way into this. Essendon, he's talked about stability. Essendon's showing nothing, no stability. Kevin Sheedy then came out and made a complete fool of himself. And I, I think that killed any chance they had. It felt like it to me at the time. How could he go there with Sheedy making comments like that, who clearly didn't want him there and he's sitting on the board? 
So I thought I started to feel a bit more confident then, although, and, and I wasn't too concerned about the general media just assuming, you know, he'd want to go to a big club, which was just lazy uh, and not. And then, of course, I, I got, again, got a lot of confidence from Luke Hodge, probably made me feel better than anyone when he just said, North supporters don't stress. This is just Clarko doing his normal due diligence, and he was absolutely 100% correct. Um, so mm-hmm. it was interesting. It was it was interesting, but I, I, until you hear that he signed, it was going to be stressful all the way to the end. Yeah, well, even uh, Thursday night, people like I had uh, Jesse on the show, and he, even he sort of was a, a bit fifty-fifty uh, about it all. And a, a lot of people still were uh, mm. tweeting that uh, I still think he'll go to Essen. I still found it a bit strange. Like they still had a coach at the time. I don't. I don't think they're going to announce uh, Alistair Clarkson if they've got, still got another coach. I mean, you no. can't. Be. And I started feeling a. Like uh, a little more confident. Like I felt uh, Monday when I heard that Ben Rutten had been let go. I thought, oh, geez, here we go. They're, they're going to make a play for him, and mm. he's probably going to be a chance to go there. Then they, all of a sudden they they've backtracked, and then I sort of started thinking, oh, maybe he's already told him, and they've sort of said, oh, well, we'll keep Rutten now uh, for the rest of the week. Yeah. So, and then did you, notice people... as well, did you notice as well? Matthew Lord and Tim Watson lost confidence by about middle of the week. Um, yeah, and even uh, yeah, Kevin Sheedy. I mean that that yeah. pretty much hit the nail on the head. And any, any chance they were going to get him, um, yeah. yeah, sort of same. Yeah, a cheap comment like, uh, "Well, I hope he goes there," and you know, um, he sends him to Tassie. So it's pretty much he's already pretty much told him yeah. no by then. And I think if that uh, if the Essendon president had spoken to the media on Monday, I think I would have felt a hundred percent confident that Clarkson was going. Um, yeah, I agree with he, that. Oh, I'd never seen anything like it, and I can't believe anyone would think that this guy's competent enough to be president of a football club. Well, was... well yeah, my, my understanding is, uh, to be fair to him, I, I agree with you. When I saw that, I was shell shocked. I thought, no wonder we've got Clarkson there; they really <laughs> are in trouble. But um, my understanding is, he's not the slick um, media type in terms of he doesn't particularly present well in that situation. But behind the scenes, he's actually brilliant at what he does. Uh, Andy Maher said that actually on radio, having worked for him for a number of years. But And I have heard that from a lot of other people, that the guy's very smart, knows what he's doing. But he, I, I think he was also um, very shaken by the time he got up there because he just copped it from the Essendon players. He, and I, I don't think he was expecting that. Um, so the support that Rutten got from the players, I think, shook him a little bit. And I think he was a bit all over the place by the time he got in front of the media. But I think it also represents what a mess they're in, the way he spoke. Um, I don't think he knows. So he's, on the one hand, he's saying we have to do the right thing. We have to get be better. And it's my job to do that. But then he's also at, then apologising for having just failed to do that. So, um, mm. I'm, I mean, you're complete opposite of Sonia Hood. <laughs> really, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, well, how impressed with uh, with uh, were you with her uh, through the whole process? Uh, she did a, a fantastic job, and sounds like she did it pretty much all herself. Yeah, well, I've, I've been impressed with her uh, really over the last three or four months, but but particularly um, the way she handled the David Noble situation and the days following that. Um, I, I think the fact she comes across as being so honest. Um, and I, look, I think as a president of an AFL club, you, there's only a certain amount of honesty you can have. You, there's some things you've got to keep to yourself um, mm. that you can't release out. But she's pretty clear. And I think supporters love the fact when she speaks, they believe what she's telling them, um, which is pretty rare in, in AFL footy at that level. So, and she's, um, and I, I, I always believe if she met with Alistair Clarkson, he'd be impressed with her. I, I 
thought we had a much better chance, given that he's an intelligent bloke and she's a straight shooter and super intelligent herself and she's about community and people and all those sorts of things, and she would be honest with him about what was wrong with the club, what needed to be fixed and everything else. That was better than sending ex-players like Archer and Stevens to go and just sell, look, we're mates, come and join us, come back to the club. Without He wanted detail, and she was able to provide that. She said she obviously had support from other people, but he wanted to know about, um, he wanted detail on money, on the North, you know, what's going on with the North Precinct. There was a lot more information he wanted um, than just how much you're going to pay me and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, which is why Essendon, in, in effect, made fools of themselves because they were never going to come to him at the 11th hour and just say, we're a big club, here's a lot of money, you're going to come. Um, you know, it's well, easy for us to say that in hindsight, though, isn't it, when you're stressing out about everyone saying he wants to coach a big club. But that that was the reality in the end. Yeah, I mean, the media blew that all up. I mean, as soon as uh, Rutten was let go and they thought uh, that uh, Clarkson was, was available, they pretty much, I mean, the media said, well, they'd be at the club. And I, was, I, know, look, yeah. I know that, I know that um, the cert, Essendon certainly believed some months ago that he wanted to go there, that, sorry, he was very interested in going there. And they basically said to him, we're not interested, and they bragged about it. Uh, right up at the top levels, they were bragging about it. So I doubt if he was too impressed with that, and I think he was even le- less impressed that they'd come to him, then come to him at the last minute and said, you know, do you want to come? And I think he, he gave him a bit of a drive-by at the end by saying it takes me a lot more than four days um, to, do, to do due diligence. So I think that was a message to them to say, you're kidding yourselves. Uh, and I, I the feedback I got, the, the guy that was um, the... Uh, the, the outstanding North supporter that was giving me information, he was unbelievably, he just happened to be in a situation where he was very close to this. Um, on the Thursday night, he said to me, one, he told me where he's definitely coming and it's going to get announced tomorrow morning. Um, he said, he, I won't say, I won't say the exact words because it'll give, give it too much away. But it, all I can say is Alistair Clarkson was very unimpressed with Essendon in the last week. Very unimpressed. I think um, a lot of people were. Yeah. Yeah, and he was no different. And I don't like, I don't think he liked at all being seen to be, you know, all the innuendo that he'd been meeting with him for weeks and planning all of this and, you know, and ignoring what was going on with Rutten. I don't, I don't think he liked that at all. And when he spoke at the airport about Rutten having a year to run on his contract, it seemed, and then Jordan Lewis that night, and I think I tweeted this, Jordan Lewis summed it up beautifully and said, I don't see how Clarkson can come after he just said what he said. And I, that gave me a lot of confidence as well. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I did see that. Uh, that was uh, late Thursday evening as well. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I was feeling a little bit more confident when Sonia Hood spoke to the media. I th- was it Wednesday night or? Oh, of course, Thursday? she spoke beautifully. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. When she sounded, she sounded very comfortable. And and in hindsight of hearing her speak now, sort of about the way things were unfolding, you can sort of understand why because James Henderson had promised to tell her if there was anything seriously to be concerned about. So she she knew that hadn't happened and she knew he was about to make a decision soon and she understood that he was the amount of detail that he'd required. So you can understand why she was pretty confident at that point. Yeah, 100%. Is this our biggest uh, coup as far as, uh, well, probably ever? Uh, well, probably no, so I think, I think the biggest Barassi. coup was in 1973 when Barassi came, but I, I think given where we've been for the last 20 years, this is number two, easily number two to that. It's right up against it. I mean, it's it's a different situation. We're, we're out of debt now. Um, 
But, you know, the Tasmania, you know, we don't know if we're going to be playing in Tasmania for much longer. Um, we've had, we've never been down the, you know, since 19, the 1970s, we've never had three years like we've just had down the bottom of the ladder like this. Uh, and we've had copped it so much, been called irrelevant, everything else, they should go to Tasmania. So that we've been we've been attacked from everywhere, and you, you couldn't imagine if we'd had another two or three years similar to what we've just been through, it would have put the club under a, a lot of pressure. So I mean, you, I, you can't imagine the opportunity this creates for the club in terms of him coming in when we're debt free, but need to do something on, on the on field as well as keep building off field. But this is now a chance for us to come. A, not, I'm not saying a big club, but a powerful club over the next, you know, 25 to 50 years. It really could transform the club. So I, I think it's incredible. I think from the moment he spoke on April 360 in May, um, I've been hoping, praying that he would, this would happen. Uh, and I just thought if we could get Brax, Brass in Kennedy, then why, why wouldn't Clarkson come given he sat there on 360 and said he, he, he was interested. So, um, Look, a lot of things had to fall our way, and they moved on David Noble um, at the exact right time. You know, at the, from the moment she mentioned the Walsh report, I was hoping that this was this day was was going to come with with Clarko. So, a lot of things had to go right, and she's a massive reason for it. That's for sure. Oh, 100%. percent. No, couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, you, you pretty much um, you talked to. He talked on uh, Friday morning uh, in the presser, and he, he, he talked about his, his own history with the club, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much in the first uh, couple of minutes, and that's um, that's you know, and that, that's probably part of the reason why he did come to the club as well. And you know, it's a big challenge for him. Um, yeah, look, look, he did talk uh, a while ago, six to twelve months ago, I can't remember the exact timeline, um, that he did want to go to a big club. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, if this if it was this time last year and Buckley was let go. And yeah, you know, this year, then he might have chosen Collingwood over us or something like that. But uh, we'll never know. Look, I, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt that if, if Essendon had spoken to him two or three months ago, it, it might have been difficult. I'm not saying he wouldn't have come to us, but it would have been more challenging. That's for sure. So, think a lot of things went right for us. And I'm, I was, I was barracking for Essendon for most of the second half of the year, as I was for Gold Coast early in the year. So it's, yeah. with every team that I was worried their coach could lose their job, I started supporting them through the season to keep Clarko away from them. But so it, we, we got lucky that Essendon started to come good at the right time and they reaffirmed um, that they wanted to keep Rutten at a time when there was a, it was very 50-50 with their board. Um, yeah. So we got, you know, we got lucky. And in, in a way, the fact that our season was going as badly as it was and we were losing to the levels that we were, Opened the also opened the door for Clarkson to come in. So you know, amazing how things have to work out. But um, the opportunity for the club now is incredible, and it's just the excitement to see the supporters that happy at the game yesterday, and you know, in the social club, um, the you know merchandise selling out on Friday. I know I've already bought my membership for next year. I'm sure the thousands of others have done the same thing. I heard the website actually crashed. The membership website crashed on Friday. No, that's Um, good. So it's just you know the opportunity for to grow membership, to grow sponsors, to get bigger crowds, to attract other players from other clubs, to galvanise the young group. The, the look on their faces when they met Clarks, it was just amazing to watch. You know, hearing his press conference and about his ties to the club, about how he felt about the way they looked after him when his his brother had passed away and he joined the club. It was um, hairs on the back of your neck standing up sort of stuff. It was um, 
it was an emotional day Friday. I just so excited for the club and happy for the supporters. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. No, it was a it was a very good day. Um, so yeah, I mean, can't uh, we can't complain too much about uh, no. what's being required, uh, at the end of the day. And I think it made it a bit sweeter that um, that Essendon oh. did go hard for him. And yeah, you know, that's our biggest rival. There's no doubt about that. Um, they they were trying to get get things off us. Um, well, and- they, they like they like they do like to say that they don't consider it a rivalry, but I don't think they'll ever say that again. Now, they were pretty good. Think- I think Good it'll be full on right next year. It'll be it'll be nasty next year. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, look, we've, I think we've lost them eight times in a row, but uh, it makes it all worth it, I guess. Uh, at the end of the day. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah I mean, if Essendon didn't come in, I like, I mean, we still would have celebrated, but uh, probably not as hard as we did. So yeah, you know, made um, it all the sweeter. There's no doubt about that, especially with the arrogance of this a lot of their supporters just assuming because they were a big club. And the old, you know, it's calling North North, which I hate. Nothing <laughs> makes me more annoyed than that. Um, I don't yeah. know why it upsets me, but it does. I can't stand it. Um, all of that all over social media and just the arrogance. So I just, it, it certainly is um, a massive victory for the club. And, of course, they're copying it in the media now. So, you know, look, they'll, they're a big club. They'll bounce back. But for us, um, the difference it makes to us, and if I was the AFL, I think that they should be pleased because... I think someone made the comment, there's a lot of 18-year-olds being drafted and you want those 18-year-olds to be happy wherever they get drafted. And, and now if they get drafted to North, they're ultra excited because of who mm. we've got there. So uh, as well as our own playing list. So it's, yeah, it's, it's just, you can't, you can't, uh, it's hard to put into words how important it is. Yeah, I mean, of course, uh, retaining players is just as important as getting players. Like, and that, um, that, that'll, you know, hopefully, you know, a player like Taron Thomas doesn't request a trade. Cameron Zerho uh, re-signs. Uh, Jason or Francis uh, extends extends the deal. You know, uh, little things like that um, will help uh, because he was very good at uh, keeping players at Hawthorne and attracting players. So you know, that's um, that's a big part of it. So think, yeah, we'll, yeah, go. Yeah, well, I was going to say we'll probably talk about players, specific players, as we go on, won't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, we might as well go to the the, the round twenty three game um, yeah. that happened uh, yesterday. Unfortunately, it uh, will see out a bit. But, uh, yeah, um, what do you make of the game? I- I'm going to start with selection of the team. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it, it left me a little bit uninspired, uh, just a couple of players that came in, um, like an Aiden Bonner, uh, Jack Marnie, um, Charlie Lazaro keeping his spot. You know, I, I felt like he's been okay, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's, he's been quite poor. And then you've got uh, Taron Thomas, you know, who was uh, – yeah, pretty good in the reserves yesterday. Charlie Common only came in because Callan Collins Jones was out of the team. Um, how did you see the selection? Yeah, I, I agree with you generally on that. I, the only thing I'd say is around, I think Taron Thomas and Charlie Common they felt um, were just still not quite right um, from a fitness perspective, and they were nervous about soft the soft tissue injury occurring. Um, hmm. I, I, I understood Charlie apparently was really upset or disappointed he wasn't initially selected so I think they probably think it was a good thing that he played I I think Taron Thomas I just don't think they wanted to risk uh, an injury they wanted to make sure he's cherry ripe going to pre-season so I I don't I don't think that was for any other reason uh, and that sort of makes sense but uh, I I guess with a few of the others they wanted to have another look at them Uh, Jack I mean Jack Marnie's contracted for next year so he doesn't have anything to worry about 
uh, and so does Charlie. But I think if uh, if both of them were out of contract, they'd probably be a little bit nervous. Um, they just haven't had great years in terms of taking another step. I mean, Charlie's only in his second year, so you've got to give him some time. I think that's probably I'm probably being unfair. Yeah. Um, I think Jack Marnie probably needs to have a big year next year, though. I think I think he definitely needs to take a, a step forward for sure. Um, I think uh, Bonner Bonner's out of contract, so I, I guess they're probably wanting to have another look at him. Now, I, I I think he's got potential. He's got elite speed. He's strong for his size. Um, but he he wouldn't be guaranteed a contract for next year. I wouldn't have thought. I think he's still got one more year left on his uh, deal. Well, I think he's twenty twenty three contracted till. I'll have a oh, look. Is that right? I'm not sure of that. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I think he's still got another year left. I'll, I'll have a look uh, after the show anyway. So yeah, computers. Um, so you, look, you're right. Uh, and then, I'll, but again, then again, looking at the, at the at the VFL side yesterday, apart from Taron Thomas, there wasn't really. Uh, anyone else that I would... I mean, I would like to see Spicer in the side, but he does, he doesn't deserve it at the moment. Nah, nah, not... not, a, not Like, he hasn't been setting the world on fire in the reserves. Um, besides, no. yesterday was okay, but... Uh, he he yeah, does some what, things that makes you very excited about his potential, but he's got he's got some work to do over the preseason. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that last game against... Um, was it... Uh, oh, he played yeah. Yeah, and they, you know, just uh, they they just fended him off easy. Like he puts pressure on, but uh, they realise he can't tackle. So yeah, you know, I mean, stronger, fitter, tougher for him over the preseason. And if he if he does that, uh, and hopefully Clarko's, I mean, hope Clarko's the perfect person to bring it out of him. He, he could be terrific for us because he's got elite speed and he's unbelievably yeah. agile. And so he's got he's got some tricks that you can't teach. So if you can. If you get him right, along with Paul Curtis, you know, on that forward line, that makes a big difference. Uh, mind you, I, I do, you know, we'll talk about this later probably, but we'll, but I'd say they'll be looking for another small forward at some point. But um, it's it's interesting. The, the thing about the game yesterday, um, I, I just, it, it's happened all season. We've probably talked about this half a dozen times, but the ball going into the forward line, the structure and the and the system going in, and, and then the, the problem that, the difficulty in keeping it in our forward line. Those two things have just been a massive issue all year. And that, that's the one thing I'm looking forward to next season is, you know, the way our forward line structured up, the way the ball comes into that forward line and then seeing a much better system of keeping it in there. Cause again, yesterday came in badly and it came out quickly and that's, that's happened all, all year. And that, that was the part, you know, again, the first quarter and it's, it must be deflating. When you're dominating, you're getting the ball in there. You know, Luke Davis Unic is pumping the ball in from the midfield, and it just keeps coming out, and they just can't hold it in there. There were there were little periods where they kept it in there a little bit better, but again, eventually it's it's going to go the other way, and you're going to have an, the opposition kick three or four goals on you. Yeah, I mean, I thought the first quarter um, we were a bit unlucky to be down, to be honest with you. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I thought we played quite well uh, early, and maybe that was the emotion of the whole Clarkson thing. Like, we dominate possession mm. camp. We, um, 122 to 87. Uh, inside 50s were similar. Well, overusing the handball uh, early, particularly. 13 yeah. 13-all. Um, yeah, we just missed some easy shots. Uh, Charlie Common's got to go... Uh, get a better routine when he's uh, having a shot for goal. But, uh, it, you know, he, he shuffles a lot and it doesn't look fluent when he's um, when he's having a shot. I noticed that in the reserves uh, over the past few weeks. He's kicked uh, three goals, four, and four goals, yeah. four. Yeah, he's, he's a good long kick too. So it's something they, they, could, so they should be able to easily fix. But, um, 
What a, just get a routine. Such, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's such a talent. They'll just they'll, that'll be something they'll work on over. He got to some great positions, and his leap at the ball's awesome. So he'll start clunking those marks next year. That, that's um, I'm glad he got the game just to get a feel for it again. You know, only being his second AFL game. Um, but but how exciting was watching? Well, there's actually there was two players that really got me excited for next season. Everyone, obviously, everyone's talking about Goda and whatever they've done to, to develop him through the year, that you have to say, and that's probably Patch Adams, largely. What an mm. outstanding job they've done in getting him ready for AFL footy because he looked terrific yesterday. And I thought Flynn Perez, uh, his kicking, uh, I mean, he's, already, he's a good fluent runner as it is. He glides across the ground. But I was very excited about his disposal yesterday. His kicking was awesome. Yeah, he's good on both sides of his feet. Yeah, like not, uh, not just right foot. Like he's yeah, even his left foot's just as good, and that comes from his soccer days. But Flynn Perez, twenty four touches, four hundred and one meters gained, eighty eight percent disposal efficiency. Beautiful. Um, yeah, Josh Goda, twenty one touches on debut. So yeah, uh, How about the, but I didn't realize Goda was that quick. He's yeah, he's got a bit of pace. Quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, he was running away from people. I, that's a real. He's such a bonus because of his size as well, and um, he's quite strong. He's quick. He's got beautiful kick. I'm, I mean, they've done well. I, you know, the the draft of this year now is starting to look pretty amazing. I mean, Jason Will Francis, obviously, Paul Curtis was an absolute steal. He's he's a gun. And then you bring in Goder and see that after getting Archer as a father son, you know, virtually you know very late pick. And Bergman, of course, played early in the year and unfortunately got injured straight away. So uh, you, you, there's not too much. I know a lot of people are upset about the fact we didn't take um, when we took Phillips. Uh, ahead of uh, who's the Sydney Swans key forward? Uh, Logan McDonald. Logan McDonald. I know they're upset about that. I still think Phillips will be a gun player. He just hasn't had a chance to, to show, and I'm, hopefully he gets has a bit of luck and gets going next year. But I think overall, you, it's hard to say they've, they've done anything other than a good job with the last two drafts. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I mean every player's played a senior game that's been in the last two drafts. So yeah, Powell, no. Powell looked Powell looked good yesterday, and of course. Again, we've had um, you know terrific seasons from uh, Curtis Taylor and um, and Bailey Scott, and again they were good yesterday. Particularly, uh, particularly Curtis Taylor, who did a great job. Yeah, he's um, probably uh, our best player. Mm, yeah, so outstanding for them. They they deserve the new contracts they're going to get. They deserve every cent of it. They've done an awesome job in a very tough season. Proven you know, Taylor apparently has been a leader off the field as well. Um, so mm-hmm. there's been, I know yesterday was a disappointing result, but there's still, there was still some positives to come out of it. And Luke Davies Uniac did some things yesterday, which were you know, so close to what Chris Judd used to do. It's not funny. Um, yeah. I mean, he's just so exciting, you know, so that, that midfield, you can really see that coming together. Ben Cunnington, just, you know, obviously is, um, not match fit, but, uh, you know, pre- if he has some luck and with injury and hopefully avoids any soft tissue over the preseason. You know, that's he's like having a, a gun recruit coming in next year for Clarko. Yeah, I mean, he's like he, he clearly was underdone, but uh, it was more the emotional aspect um, that um, you, you played what just you, now. What have you made of Dawson? And he, he, I've been pretty impressed with him now over his uh, last month in the AFL. Yeah, yeah. Look, he, he's almost there. Like he's a player that's uh, you know, he, like he's a good intercept player. Uh, that's why he came mm. again. But he's just uh, he's not clucking the marks at the moment. Like he seems to read the play, ball in the air quite well. Doesn't he's still he? got a little bit of work to do. Uh, he's one on one work. He's, he's got quite, a, he's quick with his hands. He's got a bit of speed. And he, he's done no preseason. He, he he was working as a um a sparky. 
mm. uh, just mm. you know a few weeks ago. So it's it's pretty impressive what he's done. Uh, so uh, you, you have to be excited with what he could provide, you know, produce. Um, and of course, he's not signed yet, so he's he's only uh, coming in the mid-season draft. But I'll be shocked if they don't sign him. Um, no, no, he'll, he'll be he'd have to. He'd have to. I mean, he's getting a game now ahead of Josh Walker, who um, you know, who, he probably won't be there next year. But uh, yeah, I've got, I've got a hat, hats off to the um, to the guys in, in recruitment bringing him in. He that was the right choice. He he looks really good. Yeah, no, he'll be. Um, yeah, I think he'll be in the round one team next year. Uh, good mature body, and yeah. With the preseason, he'll get himself a bit leaner, um, and you know have a good method uh, under Clarkson as well. No, uh, you, you, you were you were there yesterday, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was watching it on TV from a because I was um, I had to work yesterday, so I wasn't uh, able to watch it. So I didn't. Uh, I, I I managed to avoid the score and didn't watch it till I got home. But so I watched the game, and I I must admit I was I was you, you wouldn't have noticed it probably at the ground. But before the start of every quarter, and I know this is no big deal these days, um, I, Cam Zerha was just joking and mucking around with all the players and stuff you know, on the forward line, which I haven't noticed him do before games or during games before. And then I just felt like he was very flat during the game. And I'm not trying to – I don't want to read too much into it, but I was just – I don't know. He looked a little bit disinterested almost to me. It was just maybe he's tired. It's been a long season. He's been through a fair bit about deciding what he's going to do. And now Clarko's come, so it's he's probably a bit drained. But he, yeah, I just I just felt he was very flat yesterday. Yeah, oh, he, he wasn't there. Um, I think mentally he's got a contract coming up. I don't think he wanted to get injured. Um, this is just me. Like yeah. I, I don't know if he meant to do that, but uh, he dropped a lot of marks, which is usually mm. a, a sign of a, a player that's um, probably thinking about other things. Like he wasn't concentrating, so maybe he's. Yeah, maybe he may just said that whatever you do with the contract, you're going to get a big deal here. Um, do not get injured. Uh, no. Don't do your ACL. Don't do a shoulder or anything like that. So I felt so like I hadn't even thought of it like that. That's a really good point. I mean, that was the one, the one thing that could do, do cause him major problem in the off season would be a really serious injury. So yeah, you're probably right. I hadn't even thought of that. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, I, that, that, yeah. That makes me feel a bit better. I'm obviously not in his head, so I don't know what was going on through his mind throughout the game. But he, yeah, he, he got absolutely um, pantsed. Uh, I think it was uh, Farah uh, played mm, on him. Yeah, he yeah, killed him. I, it was interesting. I, Patch Adams after the game just made comment that he hoped that Clarko coming in would convince Goldie and he to stay. So there, there obviously is still some concern at the club uh, that those guys are a bit fifty-fifty. Uh, I, well, I imagine. So I, I, the reporting at the moment is that. that Goldstein's got a Goldie's got an offer in front of him. Now I'd imagine he wouldn't consider that unless it was two years. So that'll be interesting if he's got a two-year offer on the table. Um, yeah, t- two years might be a bit steep. I mean, he's thirty-four, and mm. you can you can fall off a cliff um, quite quick, quickly. I think he wants to get to three hundred games at the club. Um, maybe yeah. maybe one year plus a trigger or something like that. With uh, if he plays eighteen games or something next year. Yeah, um, I'd be certainly be happy with that. I, I, yeah. I, I hope he stays. I, it'll be it'll be interesting though. I, I don't think we'd offer him a straight two years. Um, no, I'd be surprised. Um, so that that might be a concern if um, if the club was offering him good money on two. I, I'd imagine he'd only do it if it was a club that was likely to be in contention. So I don't know who that. Geelong's probably the only one that's obvious. Still, I mean, they've been after him for that long, um, and they certainly aren't concerned about age. <laughs> That hasn't bothered yeah. them, but I'm not going to criticise them for that because they're on the verge of another, you know, potentially a flag. So, um, 
anyway, it'll be interesting. I mean, Cam Zuha, I'm 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 a bit nervous about it. I, sometimes you don't know how far. I mean, it, 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 you know, you think about it in your own life. If if you think about leaving your work and going to another job, and you get someone approaches you, um, once you've said yes to them, or you've gone that far down the track, it's hard to go back and say, "No, I've changed my mind. I'm staying where I am." But um, you know, he might be in that situation. But I, I hope he hasn't gone too too far ahead of, ahead of it, and he's and he has waited to see who was coming in as coach, which you would think is the case. I think that was the case, uh, to be mm. honest with you. I think he wanted um, yeah. to see where the uh, direction of the club was going before he uh, put pen to paper. But look, as far as I've heard, uh, Essen's the other team that's interested in him. And surely, not. Week, surely he would go there. He wouldn't go there. Um, no. Maybe Collingwood, oh, if, if they wanted to make a play for him, because they're trying to flare up a bit of salary by trying to get rid of they've Grundy. Got, they've, but they've got so many of those of his height on their forward line, that would be just another... You know, they've already got three or four of them that are around that six foot one, two, where, where they actually need someone six, six on their forward line. I'll be, I don't think the fit's right there for Collingwood. No, but, I, um, <laughs> no I hope not, too. I mind you, he'd probably, gee, they'd love him, the Collingwood big crowds. He'd probably, he'd excite them at Collingwood, but I don't want him going there. I, I, I don't, I, I think if, I think if the, the rumors are right about this, and I think we don't have too much to worry about. No, nah, you wouldn't think so. Uh, you wouldn't think you'd go to a rival anyway. But um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, I'll probably do another episode um, talking about uh, contracts and so forth uh, as the as the weeks go by. Um, yes. Now, I'll go back. Look, there's not much else to talk about. The game it was around 23 mm. game basically. Um, I'll go back. Look, it, Clarkson did mention that. Um, he was looking to start uh, November first. Is that mm. a little bit of surprising to you? With um, you know, the list's going to be reshaped over the next few weeks, like delisting yeah. trades and free agency. Do you think he does start November 1st or he's just going to work in the background? I don't I don't, I don't understand from a legal or contractual standpoint what's what creates a situation where he's officially starting November 1st, but he'll be doing plenty of work from home, that is for sure. And mm-hmm. I, I, my, I also read that um, Todd Viney was at the club on Friday Okay. So there'll be no need for him to start November first. So whatever um, Clarko's got in his mind, then Todd, we can start implementing earlier than that. Um, there is no way that Clarko won't have his prints all over what happens over the trade um, and draft period. He'll be very whether he's there or not. He's going to be very involved, and um, I'll be shocked if we don't see some of some players that have played under him at the club next year. Yeah, Brad Hill's uh, possibly one of them. Uh, the yeah. rumour going around, but uh, we can't believe too much of the media based on the last week. That, so. that would be a salary dump situation, I would have thought. Well, I mean, we're, we're not giving up much to get him when he's on 900 grand. No, I'd, and they would have to play, pay a ch- large chunk of that as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's he's right. not that good of a player. Like, he's not that much of an upgrade on, on an Aaron Hall type. No, that if he comes Aaron Hall, that would be that would probably you can't. There's no way I can see both of them on the list next year. So if he comes in, that would be Aaron Hall retiring most likely. Um, you know, and at 29, he's replacing Aaron Hall, who would be I think 33 next year. I think um, 32 or something. Yeah, I think he's 32 now. So I think he'd be 33 yeah. playing next year. But anyway, that it's it, yeah. so that that you can sort of see how that would make sense. I, I, I you would hope they're looking. I would imagine they're looking for another key defender. You'd imagine they're looking, definitely looking for a key forward and potentially a small forward. Um, I'd love Gunston. I'd love Buddy, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that would be that would imagine what, what the, the North supporters would go ballistic. 
if that occurred as well, we got Buddy for a couple of years. Um, that, would be, that would be a dream from a, from a club marketing perspective. But anyway, that's look that you can't rule that out. But Gunston's probably more more likely unless he wants to go to a, a, a side that's on the verge of a flag, um, you know, like a Brisbane potentially. So I would have to see. But you know, Bruce is another that he he might want to have a chat to. And then, yeah, Bruce and then is the one I'll go. Yeah. And then, and then there's players that are, you know not necessarily played under him, but would be excited to come and play under him. And I mean, you know, maybe a Bobby Hill, GWS might suddenly come into calculations now. Um, I don't agree with Mundy. I, I, I think if he's struggling to get a game, if they felt like he was starting to lose, a lose a little bit of free. I, I with the midfield we're trying to develop, I don't, I don't think that makes sense. We've already got Cunnington there. Simpkin and LDU are pretty, um, ex, you know, now experienced enough. They don't probably need another. Uh, older player in there, and particularly if we keep Jed Anderson. So I don't think we need older players in the midfield. I think we need them down back and, and up forward, if anywhere. Yeah, we've got to build around the fringes now. Uh, we mm. we kind of need that, um, you know, a, a tight rebounding defender as well. Um, yeah. you've, seen, you've seen someone like Alex Sexton kick six goals on you. You, you sort of think, oh, we kind of need that um, tight yeah. rebounding defender. Uh, we kind of need uh, pressuring forwards as well. Um, we, we need to get a bit more pace into the, into the team. Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. There's a good. There, Joe, Joe Henderson's an op, an op, an opportunity at the Bulldogs as well. Yeah. Oh well. Um, yeah. We've got. Uh, we're we're going to have pick one, um, which looks mm. like uh, George Wardlaw. Uh, that's another midfielder. Uh, they Would they consider Sheasel? Well, could be. Um, I haven't looked too much into the draft. I'll probably do that over uh, next few yeah. weeks. It's so... just interesting, Wardlaw. I mean, again, I mean, assuming Cooper Harvey comes. If we get Wardlaw and Cooper Harvey, there's another another two mids to add to the list. It's it's just insane. Um, but I mean, Wardlaw's look. He's I mean, he he sounds like he'd be a good replacement for Cunnington in you know in one or two years as well. So uh, he's very strong inside bull mid. He's powerful on the outside, a bit like Petrarca apparently. So yeah. this, you know, he, he sounds very exciting. But Sheasel Sheasel to me would be that that's something we don't have. Um, mm. And, you know, a gun X factor forward. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they look pretty closely at him. But, yeah, um, I mean, get, getting ahead of ourselves, aren't I? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just before I finish, uh, Aiden Bonner is contracted for another year, just to let oh, you know, until 2023. Oh, and Josh good. Walker, I believe, um, triggered a contract uh, for next season as well by the amount of games he played this season. So, Jeez, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't mind him as a death player. Uh, no, year. so no. in case injuries, he's handy. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not saying that out of um, disrespect to Josh Walker. I'm just more worried that um, for every player lo- that's locked in, there's, that leaves um, a lot more of the guys that aren't more vulnerable. Um, so it's going to be. It's going to be interesting. That it, it makes it pretty tight. I. I. I, I don't think um, personally that um, Jared Polak will see out his last season, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's probably uh, the second biggest name we've got in the last 20, 20 years outside of Alistair Clarkson. So, well, that's emba- yeah, that's that's embarrassing. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he was supposed to be a big name recruit, but he's uh, he's been hampered by injury uh, in in his defence uh, last couple of years. Yes. So, yeah, who knows? He's got a lot of talent, so he'll be back next year. Anyways, Mark, um, did you want to add anything else before I let you go? No, mate. I just uh, I hope uh, all the North supporters out there are having a great weekend, enjoying Clarko coming to the club. It's been amazing. 
Yeah, that, exactly right. So, yeah, no, we can't, uh, even though, uh, you know, we didn't finish off the season as, as well as we would have liked, we still got uh, our target, which was the main thing. So, yeah, I don't yeah. think many people, I don't think any North supporters will be uh, able to take the smile off their face for a while. I think um, yesterday's loss won't have made a lot of difference to that. No, no, not this morning anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe during the game I might have a little bit, but uh, once the emotion wears off of that, uh, we still got Alistair Clarkson. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. Anyway, anyways, Mark, I will um, let you have uh, your Sunday to yourself now, and I appreciate you coming on the show. Good on you, Dean. I have a great, uh, great Sunday, mate. So thanks to Mark for coming on the show early on a Sunday morning. I really appreciate it. Um, that's it for this show. I will be doing a couple of shows during a week. Um, I'll. I've got an interview lined up Tuesday. I've got the AFLW starting next week, so I want to do a show about that. Um, there'll be plenty more shows coming up over the course uh, of the upcoming months until um, at least December, um, yeah, when, with the AFLW going. So, yeah, uh, there'll be plenty of content coming up. You know, there's going to be the trade period coming up, so there's going to be plenty of talk. Sometimes uh, the off-season is, is a lot more busier than uh, during the season. There's a lot more news and a lot a lot more rumours like there was uh, during this week, so yeah, um, it's all it's all good fun anyway. So yeah, we'll see how we go with all that. Um, I appreciate uh, all the likes, retweets, all the comments you guys are doing. Um, shouting out the show to your friends, and yeah, um, it's uh, it's really growing. So I really appreciate all you uh, lovely listeners for doing that. And yeah, it's been a good uh, forty eight hours for the club. Uh, don't don't take too much out of the uh, yesterday's result. Don't don't let it dampen you. It's it's a bit like uh, that last day you know, at work before you go on annual leave. You know, you sort of. Uh, you, your body's there, but your head's really not there. And, uh, you know, we showed signs earlier yesterday that um, it was going to be a good performance, particularly halfway through the first quarter. It was quite tight. Um, it looked like it was going to be an open, exciting game. But, um, yeah, in the end, uh, I think Gold Coast, uh, yeah, just um, just overran us and uh, worked a lot harder than we did. And uh, maybe a few players just checked out. So don't let that dampen, the result dampen it, the mood too much uh, of what's transpired the last 48 hours. Uh, anyways, like I said, I'll be back during the week, and today I will leave a shout-out to Eric Lizenden. Bye for now.